Okay, so, um, and Paul, I'm sorry I didn't talk to you before doing this. We can edit it out if, you know, but, um, I know this, this isn't a big platform, but I do feel a responsibility to speak up for what I believe in. Okay, all right. This isn't a political show, but in my opinion, it, it does transcend politics. They need to bring back Vault. The Coca-Cola company started producing Vault in 2006, advertising it as drinks like a soda, kicks like an energy drink. It was green in color, but in addition to lemon-lime flavors, this neon nectar also had a detectable kick of orange extract. Oh, many a gas station trips were spent grabbing a bag of Golden Flake dill pickle chips and a Vault soda. Many a nights were spent with my friends playing Mario Kart and Wii Sports, fueled not by Mountain Dew or Monster Energy, but by Vault, the true, superior, tragically disregarded gamer drink, or by Red Vault, their superior answer to Pepsi's Mountain Dew Red. Our younger listeners will learn that as you grow older, nothing good lasts forever. In 2011, it was discontinued. They took it from us to focus on more recognizable brands. But now that I have a platform, I will use my voice to rectify this injustice. We the people have a message from the Coca-Cola company. Bring back Vault! Bring back Vault! Bring back Vault! Bring back Vault! (laughs) Or you know, don't. Fuck you! Paul Lang, Dungeon Master, Snake Owner, and Improv Attempter. I'm Dylan Cannon, also an Improv Attempter, uh, probably not as good as Paul. Oh, no, that's not true. You saw me in an improv show once. That's true. You weren't the problem with that improv show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I No, I'm not the best at improv, but I was given the compliment by uh, by the director that I'm good at just going with things. No, you're you're a funny guy. Um, we did drive through like a literal flood to get there, so I could have been extra hard on it. Like the 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 car almost like the tires almost left the ground because the water was so dense. the The worst improv I've done was back in high school when it was just like an intro to theater class and people thought improv was like a game where you're trying to make the other person look bad, (laughs) which is not what it is. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like a fun game. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that's what it's for. You're supposed to be working together. And of course, since it was a, you know, Mississippi high school, the way people did that was trying to make the other person look gay. And I just leaned into it. (laughs) 
That's the you power know, move, though. He's like, what's that white stuff on your face? You've been seeing a guy. <laughs> Me and Jeff are in love, okay? <laughs> um, you know, I sat down and my friend goes, dude, you just lost. I'm like, it's not a competition. <laughs> you fucking dumbass. <laughs> no, I won. I won by sitting in that guy's lap. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, if you love me, <laughs> you'll smile. <laughs> so this is a movie podcast where we talk about movies and we uh, try and make each other look bad by <laughs> no sending, <laughs> by sending each other movies that we like that the other person may not like. Is are we hoping? I guess we're hoping that the other one likes the movie, right? Like that's yeah. really the conceit. Sometimes. We just. We, we, we play up the tension for marketing purposes. Yeah, I think there are some movies like I've seen that I don't like that I still want you to watch. To We're going to have to figure out a way around that because a lot of my favorite movies are movies that like I like like that are really bad, like that I mm-hmm. think are really bad. Yeah, I don't know. It might need to be like a new special segment or like a, a secret inverted dark podcast or something. <laughs> Okay, so our third movie, we're actually going to save that as a surprise, our third yeah. thing we're reviewing. Um, oh, it's a big surprise. I watched it this morning. It's, uh, I think it's, it, it might be like our best combination um, of, you know, the two <laughs> movies we recommend. Yeah, as far as actually finding a connection, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah, but um, Paul assigned me um, Freddy 2, Freddy, or Nightmare 2, Freddy's Revenge. Yep. And I assigned him the 2002 musical Chicago. Well, Chicago, yes. Movie. Which I was already familiar with because I went to a college uh, where there were musical theater majors. So, most annoying. <laughs> theater people are so annoying. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> it's okay. I was a writing major. We're, we were annoying in a different way. Oh, oh my gosh. Don't get me started. I wore a fedora. That we're just we're just gonna <laughs> leave that there. <laughs> I I had my fedora phase in high school. Um, yeah, to be fair, I was under the impression that I had started that. Oh yeah, well you 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 might have in that. We went to a weird school where like the cool guys wore fedora, like actually like cool guys who were pulling a lot of chicks. <laughs> It was a weird place. It was a really weird place. I went straight from homeschooling to that, too. So that could explain part of why I am the way that I am. (laughs) I went to public school, then community college. And then I went there and I'm like, holy crap, am I like cool here? (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, Okay, so which movie do we want to do first? I'm going to flip a coin. Flip that totally real coin that actually exists. I remembered it this time. Heads. That means that we do Chicago first, right? Yes. All right. All right. So Chicago is the 2002 adaptation of the 1975 musical by Fred Ebb, John Kander, and Broadway legend Bob Fosse. The music was adapted to a screenplay by Bill Condon and directed by Rob Marshall. The 75 show was actually based on a 1926 play by the journalist Maureen Dallas Watkins, which in turn was inspired by real crime she had covered in her journalistic career. Huh. Yeah, they're um, actually like a couple of real murders and like some, obviously the names were changed, but 
Because I, I was curious, actually, um, when we were watching it, my wife mm-hmm. was like, um, my wife was like, wait, so so you're telling me everybody is like primarily paying attention to like these murder trials and like nothing else. And we were, we were both just sort of like, is that based on history? Because that feels a bit strange. I think, um, I and I was going to research it, but then I didn't. Yeah, I don't think they were actually trying to be like vaudeville stars, but um, the play was kind of a satire and the sensationalization of criminals no yeah i can definitely see that um because like and she had covered it in the i think she kind of regretted how sensationalized her articles had become Mm -hmm. um because you know this is real people dying and stuff and um but amos this it was kind of depressing the character amos was actually based on a guy who or on a mechanic who put all of his money into his wife's defense and then, like, she divorced him, like, the day before the trial. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Listen, I, I'm, I'm probably going to comment on it more later, but he deserves the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so uh, what else did I put here? Oh, the original play was titled Chicago, but the musical was such a sensational hit that to avoid confusion, the original play has been changed to Play Ball. Okay, that's a that's a worse title. Yeah, well, I I think it's like you know, kind of describing how it's like a game, sort of. I, I guess like I guess I can see that. Yeah, um, I, I I will say I don't know if Chicago it like I don't know if that feels like a good title either. Honestly, it's it's you know I guess the idea was that we're kind of capturing the spirit of the city in this particular conflict, but you mm-hmm. know. When you Google, like, you know, Chicago, or, like, it's it just, like, <laughs> I guess they weren't thinking about, like, keywords back then. Yeah, you know, back in the 70s, everybody was Googling things. Back in 1926. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Um. actually, I do have some questions I want to ask before you do the summary. Okay. Okay. Where'd you come from? Wait, what? Where did you come from? Me? Yes. Like Philadelphia, like near Philadelphia. It was like a suburb near Philadelphia. And your parents? Also also there. Where are they now? Still still there. Who's Fred Casely? Oh, okay. Wait, this is some kind of reference that I'm not catching because I've only seen this movie once. Did you fight him? Um, no, but I did, cl- I did say that's fair when he was shot. <laughs> He had strength and you had none, and yet you both reached for the gun. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, they both, oh, yes, they both, oh, yes, they both reached for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh, yes, they both reached for the gun, for the gun. Understandable! Understandable! Okay, I'm done. Do you need me here? Because I can just go and let you do this whole thing yourself. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Um, Describe the musical. (laughs) Okay, um... Yeah, so uh, there's like a there's like a jazz performer, and she killed her sister, and um, that's like backstory. She killed her sister because of like an affair with her husband, and then there is also uh, this other character. Her name is Roxy, and she's you know dating this guy. She's having an affair with this guy who she thinks will like get her into like show business. But he doesn't, and he's uh, he's a dick, so she shoots him. And then when the police come, her husband Amos tries to take the blame for it. 
uh, not realizing that it was an affair. Um, then he does realize that it was an affair and I guess lets her get arrested. Uh, I don't really remember the details. But uh, then when she goes to prison, she finds out that like being a like female murderer is like weirdly like a fast track to fame. And she has like these dreams of being like a like a Broadway performer. Mm. Um, and uh, so she sort of uh, tries to take advantage of that, meets this uh, sketchy lawyer who I'm, I'm still not really sure what his deal is, but like that, you know, he's kind of the the game master of the whole thing. Um, and she sort of, uh, tries to leverage that into, uh, freeing herself and also, you know, getting her shot at the big time. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, she fakes a pregnancy at one point. There's some competition between her and, you know, the previous, uh, the previous murder pop star who is the, who is, I I think her name is what, Velma Kelly? Velma, um, killed uh who who killed her sister and uh husband um and she wins and gets away (laughs) (laughs) all right um i'm gonna start with the dreaded favorite song question i knew you hate this one but i hate that question like they were all okay like there was no song there weren't a lot of songs in this one where I was like, I hate hearing this. Um, maybe a little bit the cell block tango, just because that was really overplayed when I was in college. But you know, yeah. I, I get it. Like it, it, you know, the visuals and everything were interesting. Chicago is the musical theater version of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail in that <laughs> it was good content that unfunny people keep overquoting. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> he ran into my knife ten times. We know. <laughs> We've heard it. The same um, as yeah. uh <laughs> Not a lot of the songs stuck out to me individually, you know, other than that and obviously the Mr. Cellophane song. Um So I don't know. I guess that's what I guess that that one, the Mr. Cellophane, was probably the one that I that I that stuck out the most. Yeah. Um I I like the one where I mean, as I referenced earlier, where they they both reach for the gun, just I don't know. It's funny to sing the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. <laughs> That's valid. The gun. I think I think you know th- there were so many like creative visual choices being made that I was maybe more focused on that a lot of the time. Yeah this uh, this movie they they really leaned into the idea of the musical that it's like you're kind of watching a vaudeville or broadway show yeah and the the, like yeah the songs were played as though they were like somebody's internal monologue you know yeah like their perception of the world more than like the world itself like that woman was actually being hung but they made it like an acrobatics yeah exactly um rank the main characters by who did the least wrong to who did the most wrong oh boy um well let's see who do we have as far as main characters go what i i guess the oh the what country was she from that one woman who couldn't speak english okay see here's but but here's the thing we don't know that she wasn't guilty we just know that she said she wasn't guilty i think the implication is that she's not guilty but because she's 
she has like crappy representation and doesn't speak the language she gets hung i mean that's possible but the thing is that we don't actually have that like like a lot of like a lot of our discussion about this movie has hinged Mm. on like i'll tell you you know my reaction to it and you've been like well i think there was an implication and like i don't a lot of their implications i don't think were carried very well but the the point of the musical is like the justice system is corrupt but yeah i guess that might have been unclear, but if she didn't do it, she'd be, like, at the top of the list, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, yeah I guess she's not a main character, so. Um, I mean, main character is probably at the bottom of the list. Yeah, Roxy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's pretty funny. When, um, when, she shot, when she shot the guy, I was like, that's fair. Then when I found out she had a husband, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I think she, she's like a sociopath or a narcissist, like she doesn't really seem to, not just like, she's not, not just being like cruel, but I don't think she understands other people having feelings. Yeah, no, it it was definitely played that way, like she was purely a villain protagonist, as just like, she just didn't really even have a comprehension of like, the idea that she did something wrong even. Right. She was just like, people will think I did something wrong, Why? are you sorry are you kidding um yeah yeah i mean she did something wrong i get i guess uh the other uh velma also is guilty though i would argue maybe a little bit less so um although again it's a case of like we don't really know what the real details of the situation were we just kind of hear her story about it right Um, and uh i you know there's definitely some blame on the lawyer i don't oh yeah i, I don't think that spinning a trial is as honestly as as evil as actually killing somebody but yeah although he did mess with and he did mess with amos so there's a lot of negative points there right <laughs> honestly honestly uh velma might be less bad off because she she didn't do anything harmful to amos alternate universe where amos and the foreign girl end up together (laughs) i have a whole so uh i when when you're done your questions i have a whole list of uh way better ways i think this musical could have ended oh okay yeah um, (laughs) because the end was kind of my biggest issue with it um what do you think the movie was trying to say the movie was trying to say that the justice system is a circus and that you know it's just about publicity and there is no you know there is there is no real uh justice in the legal system yeah um you might have already said this i put favorite part you said like the visuals or yeah well i mean they were interesting um i mean i always enjoy i also always do like personally i really like villain protagonists like i find them Mm -hmm. really interesting so Mm -hmm. the fact that it was very unapologetically that the entire movie without trying to make it like oh well she's like this but but there's men out there so that makes it like fair <laughs> like you know like it was just no this is a bad person <laughs> whereas Vilma I, I guess you could you could maybe make a case for Vilma being sympathetic but yeah like I, I think I think 
the at least again the implication i gathered and you know i've i've, mm. I've crapped on implication but the implication i've gathered is that maybe she had a very extreme overreaction that is definitely legally punishable and is very wrong but right. like i don't um, think she doesn't Vilma appear has... to be like a sociopath yeah i was about to say she doesn't seem personality disorder to me yeah she she just seems like somebody who had uh who, who made a, a very a very big mistake <laughs> um if anybody listening has a personality disorder we're not trying to imply that at all that anybody with one is like as bad as this obviously. oh yeah no and, and and when i throw around sociopath in this conversation i'm mainly mm-hmm. talking about like the the media portrayal of that you know yeah. um just like yeah, the idea just... of you know Ooh. somebody who is you know uh has a detachment from the concept of empathy yeah which um you know i i I do think roxy displays symptoms of (laughs) yes um, probably um let's see i said least favorite part but i think you're probably going to get into that with the ending (laughs) yes the least favorite part my least favorite part is the ending (laughs) yeah so go into that yeah no the ending was bad like because one of the like when you have a story like this especially when there there is a really like morally like ambiguous story like this one of the fun things about that is you're like wow how will they wrap this up in a way that's satisfying like as to us as people who follow and invest in the protagonist but also have like a moral conscience and stuff like that like how will they meet those in the middle and i really I really feel like they just shit the bed by just like making the default ending for the characters that <laughs> like was was so like on not only just like didn't really make sense like karmically but like just didn't really satisfy in any way shape or form. Oh yeah. Um I mean, you can disagree if you want. Like I like you said that the script says that like it was a small venue or something and that they like were small time. But like, again, I'm watching the movie and it wasn't depicted that way. There were like flashing lights and the entire cast was there and everything. (laughs) Yeah. It was, um, I think in the stage show it was more blatant and I might've just carried that into the movie. Yeah. No, as a person who hasn't read the stage show, the ending was like, Oh, so they won. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. A villain wins ending can be interesting, but I guess that that might be one of the less interesting. Well, I think it can be interesting, but that just didn't really feel like the way this story was like, Mm. I felt like it was trying to say something and then like puttered out, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So here are my alternate endings. I've got four of them written down. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. So first alternate ending is Roxy finally gets her shot at the big time after getting out of prison but it is revealed that despite the musical numbers that happen in her internal world, she's a terrible performer. <laughs> Honestly, of all of them, I think this is the one that would have maybe been the best actual ending. Like, I almost thought they were doing that and I was really happy. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like we have no indication that she's actually good at any of this, you know, and yeah. especially with her uh exhibiting tendency of self-aggrandizement and delusion i think that would have made sense yeah roxy yeah um second one and i think this is also actually a really good ironic one i i i I do like my ending better my endings better than the original endings and i'm not going to apologize for that um (laughs) 
Roxy escapes prison, then realizes that the tri- that her trial was the height of her stardom. So she commits another mor- murder in order to be arrested again. <laughs> That'd be really funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, like just end with her like shooting the guy. Yeah, like I feel like 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 as soon as she notices everyone's paying attention to a different murderer, she's like, "Oh, I've gotten off. Like nobody is like watching me anymore." Yeah. <laughs> Um, the third one, this is a little bit more out there, but Roxy actually gives birth to a child, and even though it's physically inconceivable. (laughs) (laughs) And that could be kind of just, like, a more surrealist ending, like, where did this baby come from? Is it, like, the symbolic child between, like, her and fame itself? Like... It's the Antichrist. Yeah, it's the Antichrist. They do genetic tests. I don't know if they have that back then, but they do genetic tests and they're like, are no other genes. It's just like, it's just like a virgin birth. It's just like midichlorians. And the best one, in my opinion, um, is where it is revealed that Amos's number, Mr. Cellophane, is not an internal monologue, but is happening in real life. And everybody really likes it and stops paying attention to murder women. (laughs) they're all like they're all like we are done with women now we only like whatever this is (laughs) done with women and with most men just amos (laughs) just 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 this man in clown makeup singing about how no one pays attention to him man the whole world watches (laughs) king yeah so that's that those are those are my those are my better endings for chicago I like I like all of those. <laughs> um, okay, so what would you rank this uh, movie? So I, act- despite despite all my criticisms, I actually really did enjoy it. Um, and I think I would give it. I think I would give it seven and a half Paul heads. All right. I don't know how that stacks up with other things that I've ranked. I'm not really keeping track, but I, I really enjoyed it. All right, so we're going to go into um, a break. We'll be right back. Poisoned, cursed, haunted, overgrown. The land of Laskmere, kingdom of the Rotlord. Here, humanity struggles to survive the oppression of the wild beasts and plagues. Hunters from among the people rise up to challenge the monsters of the Rotlord's domain. The kingdom's disdain tells the story of Cardinal, a young man who begins his journey naked in the cave of a man-eating mountain spider, along with Sirish, blessed blade princess of Alderoy, and Mad Crossbones, necromancing alchemist of the Dark Elves. He follows the light of the fiends down his path with one goal. He must kill the Rot Lord himself. Read Web of Bones, Book One of The Kingdom's Sustain, now on Amazon Kindle. And we are back. So, yes. um, I yeah, I watched the second Freddy movie. Yes, it is an uh, 1985 American slasher directed by uh, Jack Shoulder and written by David Chaskin. It stars Mark Patton, Kim Myers, Robert Englund, and Robert Rustler. Nice. Um, do I describe the movie now? Yes, describe the movie now. Okay, so... Um, a new family moves into the house that the first movie took place in. 
and um jesse their son starts to have freddy dreams which you know um and it's kind of interesting instead of it just being freddy's trying to kill him he's trying to possess him Mm -hmm. and kind of take his physical form which does he ever do that again in the following movies not really no wow i i I just thought that was a cool concept yeah Um, no it is a cool concept this this one is like i said the most like detached from the others in the series because i think when it came out it didn't really do very well yeah it um but uh yeah he's i mean it's kind of the same as the first movie he has he's trying not to sleep taking caffeine pills um he's he's starting to be really close to this uh girl at his new school um and they're they're kind of talking about a relationship while all this is going on um also makes a friend on the i think uh, it, it was a very dude way of making a friend they get into a fight and then when they're being punished by having to do push-ups together they're just like hey what's up <laughs> <laughs> um they're buddies now yep and um yeah so freddie wants to to take his physical form over and he tries to fight it um his girlfriend uh tries to help him eventually they succeed but then of course they do the the same thing the first one did where they're in a vehicle riding off and then freddie drives them off into the desert or whatever why does he always turn into a car at the end yeah like where are they going where does he take them <laughs> the desert cliffs <laughs> Scary do they cliffs. ever explain it <laughs> uh no not really uh um dream logic so is that kid dead um i feel like there might be hints about it no i wait no i think this one's never referenced again so who knows i read the actor i was looking it up the actor wrote like his own fan fiction basically of what the guy's later life was like but i don't know yeah i don't know if that's canon uh, yeah, because yeah, I know that the uh, actor had some strong feelings about this performance. So yeah, didn't they they say he was like the first male scream queen? Yeah, or, or the uh, yeah, like the first ma- yeah, he was like a final girl, basically. Final girl, yeah, kind of. Um, well, him and his girlfriend both. Yeah, although um, I don't know, I guess his girlfriend's role was more of a the hero role, whereas his was as the final girl, kind of. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, um, yeah, actually, that... actually, he just just as a note, he he did uh, in 2019 produce and star in a documentary about his experience with this film called uh, Scream Queen: My Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I thought there whether it's actually romantic or platonic on his end, which we'll probably get into in the discussion. Mm-hmm. I thought their relationship was really sweet. Yeah, no, I I do I do agree with that. Yeah, worth yeah. worth talking about. So I guess I'll ask you my questions. Um, yes. So first, how would you compare this to the first movie? Um, there were elements I actually liked more. I I think I uh, you know I didn't have a problem with the the core group in the first one. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the main girl, um, as you know, I thought she was annoying at first, but she really kind of by the end she was very like brave and um like a good hero 
But yeah. this one, I don't know. I guess I kind of related to the main group of kids more in this one. Yeah, I guess there was more emphasis on how they were kind of the weird, awkward kids. Yeah, how they were interacting. It was almost like a John Hughes movie mm-hmm. for a bit. Yeah, it makes sense. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell if Jesse was supposed to be like a weird outcast or a jock because he was at the beginning. He has this dream where he looks all like weird and greasy haired and girls are laughing at him on the bus. Mm-hmm. But but then like he's at school playing sports later. I mean, jocks probably experience adolescent insecurity, too. True. So that might have been how he saw himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly there there were many senses in which he was stuck in between two worlds, and it wouldn't shock me if that was one of them. Yeah. Um, what do you think was, was what was like a, a silly moment that stuck out to you? That was like, I don't know, man. A silly moment. Um, oh, as with the last one, the overly like saccharine, everything's good now, just because like, you know that it's not. Yeah. I just was rolling my eyes like stop. I mean, maybe it was like a new thing when that came out, but yeah. I'm like, you mean like at the end before the twist? Yeah, before the twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the we twist. All <laughs> we all know. We all know. The also, Freddie jumping out at the party, it just was like there were a lot of fake out endings and a lot of yeah. There were a lot of climaxes in this movie. Yeah, it, no, it's true. You're right about that. There were a lot of climaxes. It's and like pretty oh. just straight out being in the real world and just being some guy who's scratching people. Like, yeah, it went, and, like en masse being seen by a bunch of people was kind of a weird move, I think. Yeah, and he's like, um, when he, you know, he says like Jesse's dead, like, and then Jesse's like weak voice pokes out like three different times <laughs> like no he's not <laughs> yeah um uh, everything freddie says is goofy no you're right about that especially in this one they were starting like to gradually you know flanderize him into a living evil cartoon man um mm. but i'm uh, scary terry he's <laughs> scary terry yeah the part well the funny story um something that uh always stuck out to me about this film because i actually saw it like parts of it on tv a long time before i like actually sat down and watched this series yeah so the part where the birds abruptly burst into flame in the middle of his house and then his like dad got mad at him about it and like blamed it on drugs i thought i thought that was a bit weird (laughs) yeah like um like how did drugs cause him to explode birds with his mind i think the point might have been that the dad was in denial or being an oblivious parent (laughs) probably it's uh it was a bit ridiculous the teenagers in this movie are like the baudelaire orphans and the adults are mr poe (laughs) pretty much (laughs) um what was a scary moment that stuck out to you oh scary moment um when uh well grady's whole death Mm -hmm. like i guess it was really the the actor really just sells like the torment the character's feeling Mm -hmm. um at you know having been the body used to kill his friend yeah that's Um, legitimately upsetting but specifically and i really this might be like my favorite shot too but when he basically gives a cesarean birth to (laughs) freddie yeah yeah it was pretty iconic 
He's like, he has like the fluids on him and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, what do you think the hero's sexuality is? Gay or bi? Yeah, I was just thinking about this because for those who don't know, it's it's pretty well known that this one has a lot of like homoerotic subtext. Mm -hmm. um and that was a whole confusing back and forth with like the director and the main actor who kind of felt like he was being exploited a little bit for his closeted uh gay identity um but uh also the the thing that he has with the with 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 the with the girlfriend is actually pretty cute and pure so i i kind of i don't know i could see him being bi and sort of just needing to accept his gay feelings (laughs) yeah i think he either, uh, if he is gay, I think he does love her, but he's trying to make herself, himself love her in a way that he can't. Yeah, that's fair. I can see um, that. But if he's bi, I think it, that's real. But he also maybe has a little crush on his friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, yeah, apparently just because this movie was, like, made during, like, uh, the, the director described, like, a peak period of, like, homophobia... He just wanted to tap into that subconscious fear that a lot of like high school kids had like oh, oh no what if i'm gay you know <laughs> yeah um i also saw parallels and i think this is with i assume all of the nightmare movies mm-hmm. um regardless of sexuality i kind of see parallels also to like teenage victims of abuse um yeah definitely like especially they say generally with teenage boys they react um kind of with anger and withdrawal and pushing people away um lashing out which you can definitely see in him and he also has the character or there's the character who's the coach who they don't say anything blatant but he's implied to be like kind of a a sicko yeah yeah um no that makes sense so i saw that parallel too which i i need to stress is separate from just you know being lgbt yeah and 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 i think i think it's worth saying just while we're here that like any like there there is a lot of entangled like concepts with like lgbt and like you know that 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 you know toxic unhealthy stuff because you know again this is this movie is a product of its time right so they, they really maybe like had justifying a, that but yeah. they, those things were things that all things that people really were sort of grappling with and unfortunately shoving into the same box a lot of the time i think yeah so they might have maybe been doing that in the movie yeah but um but yeah no i, I think jesse the character i definitely read him as either gay or bi yeah no that makes sense um okay how many heads do you give it Ooh, um i might go uh with seven for this one too okay cool yeah. um mm-hmm. i i enjoyed it um i i liked the beginning a little more i think the repetitive stuff kind of dragged it down a bit yeah um the like okay just get to (laughs) we all know she's gonna bring him back with the power of love and then everything's gonna be okay and then freddy's gonna jump back out and drive them into a desert yeah we all know (laughs) hey there interested in buying a cat 
How about a garden? Or a skeleton? My name's Caitlin, and I can get you all three. As jewelry design said us. My store on etsy.com slash shop slash skeleton garden co. You can buy these and more in necklace, ring, and earring form. Feel free to visit my store, Skeleton Garden Co. At the address, once again, that's etsy.com slash shop slash skeleton garden co. Thank you. Okay, we are back with our uh, our next pick and you're in for a treat the um combination we're doing um is uh let me let me say what elements we're pulling from yes somebody who really wants to be in show business like they just more than anything um but they struggle to get there and somebody and a, a plot involving an angry person who wears a striped sweater drum roll that spongebob episode yes, the, SpongeBob, to... SpongeBob, the season three spongebob episode as seen on tv yes we <laughs> <laughs> okay folks we're having trouble with the third movie thing yes so what we're gonna do is open up the third movie because we still want to do third movies but in addition to meeting in the middle, we also want to ask you, the listeners, what we should listen to or watch next. Also, if we have a guest on, we'll uh, we'll have them pick the third movie. We should probably set up like a like an email box or something so that yeah. people can actually reach out to us. Because I guess we haven't really come up with a method for listeners to reach out to us. Yeah, I mean, we have... We have the our like YouTube comments or in Twitter. Oh, yeah, YouTube replies. comments and uh, the the uh, the he made me watch that Twitter would both yeah. uh, would both work for that. Yeah, you could reply yeah. to us on Twitter. Um, I'll set up some other social pages, but yeah. Um, um, so yeah, we we had a hard time. Um, I think that also if we come up with a third movie, sometime we'll still go with that. But mm-hmm. yeah. But if, if people send us things we really like, we will probably use those as, as our third. I don't know if, are we going to have a guest next week or next time, do you think? I mean, I'm down for it. Yeah, so if we have a guest next time, they'll they'll pick the movie. Yeah, but um, still, load, load our boxes with, uh, with some yes. ideas. Yes, please um, do that. So but, without further ado, let us talk about this uh, this. 2001 masterpiece <laughs> yes okay so spongebob um did it come out in i, I actually didn't write it down it's i know it's created by steven hillenberg yeah came out in like 99 no 2000 well this episode came out in 2001 yeah yeah the episode did um i think the show itself was 99 that sounds right um, i have yeah i have the wiki open for the episode yeah. but the the Head storyboarder and one of the writers on this episode was C.H. Greenblatt, who went on to create Chowder. Um, and he also wrote one of the most iconic characters of the two, or not wrote, sorry, voiced one of the most iconic characters of the 2000s, Fred Fredberger from Billy wow. and Mandy. I see. And in creating Chowder, he also made one of the most existentially terrifying cartoon endings of the early 2000s, which was the, the finale of Chowder. 
<laughs> that episode did mess me up. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty messed up. Judge, <laughs> pretty horrifying. Judge, I want some nachos. Yes. <laughs> that uh, I. <laughs> um. But this, we, we, yeah, no, there, there don't need to be creepy pastas in that show. That show has its own creepy pasta. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, this uh, SpongeBob episode. So SpongeBob, or the the Krusty Krab, where SpongeBob works. I don't know if we need to explain SpongeBob in general. Like, I refuse to actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, he he he's a sponge who lives in a pineapple under the sea and works at a fast food place. Um, the Krusty Krab does a commercial. Yeah. And SpongeBob is seen in the background. And when he goes to work the next day, he thinks people are recognizing him, but really it's like an old man saw a cereal box on TV and thought it was him. So this is an episode that I thought was really funny as a kid, but I think the concept is a little bit weird now that I watch it as, as a man. <laughs> I remember it was like the first episode of Spongebob I remember watching where I'm like, oh, it's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the, they, they would, I feel like they would run with that in the later worst seasons where the whole concept was like, oh, the character gets like, gets a little bit of false information and, and goes crazy with it, you know, like... Yeah. They would have made it uh, Squidward, though. Or Patrick. They would have made it Patrick a lot of the time, too. They would have made it Patrick. I What I miss about early Spongebob is he could be a dick sometimes. Yeah, it's true. Not, like, unintentionally fucking things up, but actually, like, he's he's very vain in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also yeah, like... I don't know. I don't know what, what causes Spongebob to, like become like weirdly fame obs- fame obsessed like he's a character from chicago like that doesn't necessarily <laughs> feel like it's in his character he just he got so excited seeing himself on tv and thought the people wanted him yeah um but it but does it did give us the the, the famous striped sweater song which was yes. apparently ad-libbed by tom kenny so good job tom kenny but that's that's how it relates to freddy krueger <laughs> yeah that guy was wearing a striped sweater uh so how so how many uh Dylan heads do you give this episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? It's 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 a good one. We got a good meme from it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it's pretty standard. It's not like up there with band geeks or uh chocolate with nuts, which are like or my favorite episodes. Oh for the return of Squilliam. Oh yeah. The one where he breaks his butt actually is one of my favorites too. Oh, that's so good. That was that was the one for me actually. That was the one for me where I was like, "Oh, this is new SpongeBob." <laughs> like the first time they did like a purely absurdist ending was like super funny because mm. it was the first time they did it, and then they just kind of kept doing it. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my top three in no particular order are chocolate with nuts, the butt episode that ends with the zebra and the gorilla going into the sunset, and the couple turning. <laughs> the tv off and uh which uh which um dan Harmon would famously uh allude to in the ending of community season six. Oh my gosh <laughs> dan Harmon. um dan Harmon. <laughs> damn Harmon. damn harm man what am i doing <laughs> harm man um but uh okay. like i know it does <laughs> 
interdimensional cable, Morty. <laughs> um, um, yeah. What what do I want? I also do want to say the the commercial that they do is funny. Like how Squidward is playing like a teenage girl and just doesn't emote at all. Yeah, because he was going to have his whole creative vision. And to be fair, it looked like he really was trying to create a commercial because he did have people dressed up as like ingredients and stuff. And oh, we yeah. do also know that in order to uh, detox and relax, Squidward desires a, cl- a-, a clown to make balloon animals for him. <laughs> Which also Mr. Krabs wants, apparently. <laughs> Somebody described the lighthouse as the Krusty Krab if it was just Squidward and uh, Mr. Krabs. That's pretty no good. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty accurate. I like the implication that Squidward may or may not have like murdered his previous boss. <laughs> I actually haven't watched the episode in a while. Did he say that in this one? No, just if if it was the lighthouse, you know. Oh, if it was the lighthouse, yeah. Though there is again, like as a as a man watching SpongeBob and like noticing trends and just like being overly aware of pop culture, um. Like, there's a weird tendency for Mr. Krabs to allude to his awareness of Squidward's possessions. Like, like in that one episode when he's like, is somebody playing Squidward's records again? Like, <laughs> and, and in this one, he was like, okay, go borrow Squidward's gas mask and get back to work. Like, does Squidward keep all of his stuff at the Krusty Krab? Or, <laughs> like, does Mr. Krabs just, like, know the contents of Squidward's home? <laughs> I don't know. They they seem to not like each other very much, but sometimes, like they're they're kind of on the same level, I guess. Yeah, they like work. They're just like work acquaintances. Yeah, SpongeBob um, made them a family, though. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how far your canon goes. It depends. It goes, on the, to, it goes all the way to us, the uh, the newer movie. Then. Oh the, right, yeah. Where they all sing songs about how he redeemed them in the past. <laughs> okay, sorry, I, I got off track. Um, so this is out of ten. Yes. This is a this is a six. Yeah. I'll say it's a six. Good episode. Six heads. Um but yeah, no, we we need suggestions. <laughs> Please help us. Please help <laughs> Nothing us. about this show is stressful, but the third movie is stressful. It is. <laughs> All right. Um. Do we still sing the outro now that we have one? Well, are we think? are we doing any uh, are we doing any games? Yeah, I always forget. Um, yeah. So kiss, marry, kill. Um. Let's see. Roxy. Um. What was that other movie? Oh, <laughs> Fred. Uh. Do we do Kruger again? I I don't know who else we can do. Yeah, because most of the characters are uh, teenagers. What about the dad? The dad, oh, yeah, the dad. Because he's not necessarily like a pervert, but like also he's a he's an adult. Yeah, he may be the only adult who's not a pervert in the film. Right. Well, and his wife. Oh yeah, he. I guess he has a wife, but I, I forgot about her. <laughs> I thought she was his mom at first because, like, he calls her Ma, and I'm like, wait, is she that old? That is that the, is that the grandma? Like. <laughs> Because they look the same age, but... Oh, we also I have just... to do our assignments after this. We we do need to do the assignments. Okay, but, uh, so, so the, then... the, the dad... Um, Roxy. Roxy. And Spongebob. Okay. Or, no, Striped Sweaterfish. Yeah, Striped Sweaterfish. Yeah, because if we do the Spongebob movie later, we might... Yeah. Okay, so Striped Sweaterfish, the dad, and Roxy. 
I mean, I think I'd, I think it's pretty easy. I'd marry SpongeBob. I'd kiss the dad. I'd, I would hang Roxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't want to marry Roxy because she'd go kill somebody and take all my money. Yeah, yeah. But I would kiss her. Okay. She's very pretty. Um, marry the fish, kill the dad. Okay. That's fair. The he's dad's kind dad. of the dad's and kind I, of. A I dick. can only assume he's not a great husband. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a dick. Uh, I don't know about the fish. I feel like we only saw the fish annoyed, but he was kind of justifiably annoyed. He was justifiably annoyed, and honestly, these people had some pretty good tolerance because if the McDonald's cook started singing to me and like touching my shirt and stuff like that um, when I had ordered food. I wouldn't then be like completely overjoyed and through the roof if I just like saw him make a Big Mac and like throw it at me. Like I didn't even <laughs> like like you didn't even look at my order. Yeah, how does does everybody just order the same sandwich at the Krusty Krab? Because I know they have like different. Versions. It's not a good twist. Like that, I mean, twist is a strong word, but like I think every episode tries to have like a little ironic goof ending, and I feel like this is not one of the, the best ones. Hmm. Okay, our assignments. Um, what's yours? Okay, I will be assigning you the 2014 film uh, straight to Netflix, um, Creep. Creep, okay. Wait, no, 2000... Oh, well, I just gave away that I'm looking at Wikipedia because one thing... Said... Oh, there's a, there is a 2004 film that is, that is also called Creep, and that is not the one I'm assigning you. 2014 oh, okay. Creep. Um, right. It is a horror movie. And I'm going to assign you the teacher's pet movie. <laughs> okay. I already know some things these movies have in common. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're not gonna... Mm. Okay. We'll talk about it later after you see... After you watch this. <laughs> oh, man. All right, um... And I guess uh, your wife will play us out. Well, I think we we also we we do our outro, right? Do we still sing? You yeah, you can pry that from my cold dead fingers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yep. I can't believe that he, that he made, made me watch me that. Our our, list, our listeners who are less familiar with us personally will probably think there's this is completely a joke, but it's really just like exaggeration of a real conversation. <laughs> because Dylan did go off on a kick about Vault a bit ago, and I was like, "Ew, that looks like lemon lime soda. Like, why would you care about that?" <laughs> Listen. <laughs> also, I do need to I I do need to ask. Did you really stay up late nights playing Mario Kart? Because I can stand for many things, but I don't know if I can stand for you being a fake gamer. <laughs> no, I um I wrote down Mario Kart, but it, I, it was Mario Party. Mm. I don't know why I wrote down. I, I guess I realized as I was reading it, but I couldn't backtrack because I was on a roll delivery wise. Because 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 again, just so people know, Dylan does not play video games. I tried I, introducing him to Tekken, and he thought it was Pikmin. 
Yeah, but I um, which I could, you know, that's fair. That's that's his yeah. that's his interest. Yeah, I shouldn't have said Mario Kart. Every time I try to play Mario Kart, I can't even stay on the track. <laughs> it's too hard. Um, I I meant Mario Party. Me and my my friend, he had a Nintendo sixty four, so the games he had on there were some of the few I actually played semi-regularly. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't care about vault. You can care about vault. Uh, pickle <laughs> chips are gross. Fuck um, you. 